But as I said, we're going to be looking at or jumping into chapter 21 here in Genesis. In chapter, chapter 20, we found, got Isaac on the mind. Um, we have uh, Abraham basically moving into the land of the Philistines and uh, housing there where Abimelech had, had told him to you know, pick out a place and uh, you know, to, to go wherever he wants to, to go and stay wherever he'd like. And so uh, we find him going there, and so that's where uh, the setting's at as far as where we're at here. But jumping on into the text, let's look at uh, the first few verses here. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7 because they all go together really well, and then we'll go back and discuss uh, these verses uh, collectively. Starting in verse 1, it says, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken him to him. And Abraham called and Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him whom Sarah bore to him Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was 8 days old as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when he his son was born to him and Sarah said God has made me laugh and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, who would, have, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, for I have borne him a son in his old age. All right, there was a lot that happened there, but like I said, it, it flows really good together when you just read it all together at the same time. But to begin with, uh, we find one, one aspect that, that is, is definitely pointed out here because we find that God definitely keeps his promises. Because in, in verses 1 and 2, it talks about how the, the Lord had visited Sarah, uh, as he had said. When it talks about the Lord visiting someone, uh, it, it, it's the Lord uh, uh, doing something for them uh, that, that he had intervened in some sort of way. And as we are uh, reminded in this text, not only here, but in, in previous chapters where we, we find the Lord telling Abraham that he was going to have a, a son by Sarah, uh, that it's pointed out very clearly that you know, Sarah was past the age of childbearing. There is no way you know, physically without some kind of uh, intervention that the Lord would have done for them uh, that Sarah would have had a child. So we see that the Lord visited Sarah, so he had done something for them. He had intervened and allowed this to happen uh, with Sarah. And, uh, and like I said, we also uh, are reminded of how true God's promises are, are, are there and that he will keep his promises. Uh, we talked you know, several, for several weeks now, we've been talking about how... Uh, how it's amazing, especially in the previous chapter, you know, in Abraham's uh, defense of why he had had uh, 
told Abimelech that he was going to, uh, that Sarah was his, his sister and not his wife at the time, and how that he had feared for his life. And we discussed about how that, uh, you know, it's just amazing that, that even though God had just told him that he was going to have this son, he still had that, that, that thought going on. But here we see this promise coming, to, come, coming true. And keeping in mind now from the time that Abraham had left his father's house, uh, which the Lord had promised him a son, you promised him to make his name great and, and, and what have you. This is 25 years after the standpoint. So, I mean, he's, it's been a little while. You know, even though this promise took 25 years to, to come true, God still uh, uh, kept his promise. Oh, but also as we go continue on through these verses, we we find how that uh, that that his name or that the son's name was was going to be Isaac. Now, as we look back into uh, chapter seventeen and verse nineteen, we find that this is what God had told Abraham to name him uh, that his name was going to be Isaac. And we look at the meaning of what Isaac is, and it means laughter. And we also see, uh, especially you know, in the verses 6 and 7, talking about how that uh, God has made me laugh, and all who will hear will laugh with me. Um, we're reminded of how that when, when God had told Sarah and Abraham both, uh, when, when this information came out to them, that they both laughed. Um, at, at the the thought of Sarah having a child as well. So, you know, we look back in previous chapters, like I said, we find both of them laughing. But at the same time, when we think about the laughter, you know, and, and how that it might be um, you know, uh, laughing at, at the aspect of her having a child, but we also see a laughter of joy, uh, which is what I wanted to point out there in verse 7 when it says, who would have said... Uh, to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children. And, uh, and we see that, that joyness there that she gets to, to be able to finally have that child of promise that she was, that they were promised um, 25 years earlier. Um, it's also, I, I was reading in a commentary and they wanted to, which I debated on pointing it out, but since we're here and I, and I said children anyhow, they want to point out the aspect that it says children here and the, and the thought of how that you know, even though it says children, uh, it still only means one child uh, just because of the way that the language works out that uh, you wouldn't really say that Sarah would nurse child, you know, uh, but yet children in just the way that it's worded out there. So thought for knowledge there. Uh, oh, and... The other aspect that I wanted to, to, to make sure that we, we understood out of these first seven verses is the fact that, that uh, God keeps his promises, but Abraham also held up his end of the, of the bargain as well because he, it says that uh, Abraham had circumcised Isaac on the eighth day just as the Lord had commanded him. Um, so we see Abraham still you know, having that, that faith and, and wanting to, to please God and... Uh, and we'll see an even stronger aspect of that as we continue to go through this chapter 
uh, especially when he starts to approve or to uh, not approve, uh, to get on to Abimelech, basically about a well, as we'll see later on. But you know, we see uh, Abraham's faith strengthening in a sense uh, in the way that he he does that. But don't want to get too much into that before we get there. But I didn't. Uh, but it would have been pretty much within a few months span uh, because in was it chapter can't remember exactly where it was. It was like 18, 17 or 18, somewhere around in there. I think it was 18. Yes, it was chapter 18 uh, when it talks about within the uh, the year, basically, that he'll have this child. And so all the events that happened uh, basically from chapter 18, actually it might have been 17. So it was chapter 17 that basically from 17 to now, would have been a, uh, about a year's time. So, yes, yeah, sir. So, I mean, from from the time that of, of chapter twenty ended to this time, it would have been within that year's time. So, I mean, you know, I don't know how long it took for Sodom and that type of thing, as far as after that that seventeen twenty one makes mention of of him being ninety nine. So we have you know, right there in verse or in chapter seventeen, and you know, we got a year's time spanning uh, from this happening. So it would have been within a, a year's time from the time in seventeen there to this time here in twenty one. All right, well, let's continue on. Let's look at uh, verses eight through ten. <clears throat> so we have such a, a joyous time from. Uh, you know, thinking about the birth of Isaac here up to verse 7, and then we start seeing problems arise in verse 8. So it says, in verse 8, it says, so, when, so the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom, she, whom, had born, whom she had born to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. We have this this great feast that Abraham throws at the time of Isaac's weaning, uh, and from the best I could uh, find, they, they say that this would have been around year two or three. Uh, seems like more people want to lean more towards the three-year mark, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, so from Isaac would have been around two or three years old. So keeping in mind as far as the timeline goes, uh, Ishmael would have been right around 16 or 17 years old at this time period. So when you think about the age difference and what's going on here, uh, you've got a fairly good little age difference here. But we have this, this great feast that Abraham had thrown uh, for Isaac and, and shows you the excitement and all that, that Abraham has here for his son Isaac, this, this promised child that God has given him. But then in verse 9, we, say, we see how Sarah saw the son of Hagar. All right, so we have Ishmael. Uh, basically, it says uh, he was scoffing, had 
somehow or another, we don't, we're not given a lot of detail here and don't know exactly, exactly what's happening. And I know many of you have got di- different versions, and that word scoffing there says different things in different versions. Um, we've got anything from laughter to uh, scoffing to, I was trying to think of some of the other ones that, that, that it said, um, mocking, that's right. Um, but when you look at the same word that's, that's here in the Hebrew, we have, uh, and you look at it in different aspects of what's going on in the text in different ways that, that it's been used throughout uh, the Old Testament here, it's always used in a negative, uh, a very um, harsh way. So, I mean, this was not you know, the, uh, the idea that he was laughing with Isaac I think kind of gives you the wrong impression of what's going on here because this is more of a, of a harmful thing. Jim? Absolutely. Like Jim said, when you look at the context here and you look at what, what she continues to say, as far as here, the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, you know, I mean, absolutely, that's, that's definitely what we have going on here, uh, most likely as far as what's going on. But I also wanted to point out the fact that Paul, when writing Galatians, uh, expressed a little bit about what's going on here is how that, and, and Paul described it more of a persecution, how that uh, somehow or another uh, Ishmael was, was persecuting uh, Isaac here. When we look at Galatians chapter 4, and I'm going to start with chapter or verse 28, Galatians 4 and verse 28, we see, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh, that would have been Ishmael, um, then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, which would have been Isaac. Uh, Even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. This, I mean, clearly we can see that this was referencing this time right here, what's going on. And and like I said, we have Paul here pointing out this was some kind of a persecution of some sort. So it wasn't, I, I point that out more so of the aspect because of the, the, some of the versions that show that they were laughing together. You know, and uh, and I, I just don't think that's a very good and clear uh, translation of that word. Uh, but we also see um, when, when Sarah goes to Abraham and tells him to cast this, this woman out, it's, it's interesting that, you know, she doesn't say, you need to get rid of Hagar, you know, and you need to get rid of uh, Ishmael because of this and this and this. No, she, she needed to cast out this bondwoman and her son. You know, she, she doesn't mention them by name. She, this bondwoman over here and her son, you know, and, and, uh, and I think it's very interesting there, and it shows more of a, of a harshness, I guess you can say, of, of the speaking that Sarah was most likely speaking to Abraham in. Uh, we'll see what, how Abraham responded to that and 
just a moment, but any other thoughts or comments that we have going on here? Oh, I knew there was something else. Uh, one more thing on this. As far as the, uh, the, the law of the land from what I read here, when Abraham would set them free, it basically forfeits any inheritance that Ishmael would have had uh, under his uh, lineage here for, for Ishmael because he would have been the firstborn is what Jim and made mention of and, and, and would have gotten everything, you know. Them being, her being a bondwoman and him being born to them, with Abraham setting them free, it would release them of any inheritance uh, that would have been towards them. So I thought that was interesting and wanted to point that out as well. Absolutely. Another test on Abraham's faith, uh, faith to see how he handles the situation. <clears throat> but any other thoughts or comments? No? All right. Well, let's look at the uh, next set of verses, verses 11 through 13. It says, And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not let it be displeasing. Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Uh, Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For, for For in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed. To begin with, in verse 11, when you read that, you know, as far as uh, this was very displeasing in, in Abraham's sight, which if you go back and you remember, and I want to say it was in chapter 17. I could be wrong in this, but I think it was in chapter 17 when, um, when the Lord had come to Abraham, when, when God had told Abraham that Sarah was going to have a son, uh, was going ha- to give him a son, uh, Abraham had proceeded to ask God, says, look, won't we just let Ishmael be the promised son? You know, he, he was asking for Ishmael, just, won't we just let Ishmael be the one? You know, he, he had great love and care for Ishmael. And I, and I, um, I want to make sure that we, we remember that and understand that because of the, you know, this was Abraham's son as well. Even though it was from a bondwoman, uh, this was someone that Abraham, uh, that it is of Abraham's seed, and he cares for very much. And so the matter would be pretty displeasing in, in Abraham. You know, keeping in mind, Ishmael would have been around 16 or 17 years old, so I mean, he's had several years with his son here now. Um, and, and so here he is casting them out uh, away from, from him and... Uh, and it almost, you know, almost get the sense and the thought process that if it wasn't for God coming to him, he would have had a really, really hard time doing this. You know. But yet in the next verse, we see uh, God coming to Abraham and letting him, letting him know, say, look, don't let this be displeasing to you. you know, uh, for this is what, what needs to be done. Basically affirms what Sarah has said. But it also points out the aspect of how that... Uh, you know, when we think about things and we think about how that sometimes, you know, we might, 
try to settle things in our own minds and our own ways on how that uh, even though we think that we might have fixed the problem, it comes back to be really hard on us in the end, which is the way it's going right now. Jim? Mm-hmm. And, keep, and going along with that thought process, it wasn't until um, uh, Ishmael would have been around 13 before which he Abraham had thrown, thrown a, uh, I want to say a, a feast or something uh, for Ishmael at that time. And it was at that time that the Lord had told, uh, had told Abraham that he was going to have a son through Sarah. <clears throat> and so, and I can't remember what chapter it was now, but when Sarah had basically told Abraham, won't you take my, my handmaid, uh, Hagar, and have a child with her, uh, you know, basically trying to solve the problem here as far as him not having an heir. You know, for 13 years, at least, and in, in, from the way I gather things, for 13 years, Abraham would have thought, all right, this is the son. This is my heir. This is the one that's going to carry on my name. And you know, so going along with Jim's point there, at least for 13 years, he thought that this was going to be his only son. Anyhow, Jeremy, I thought I saw your hand for a minute. Did you, for Ishmael to be thinking that way as well, you'd, you know, because you'd have to think that for 13 years at least, and I'm sure that for the last you know, three or four years here, he hadn't just kind of put it off to the side. But for at least the first 13 years, uh, going up you know, with Ishmael, Abraham would have been teaching Ishmael different things. You're know, teaching him how to how to uh, basically run his his property is his harem I mean, not, maybe not his property but you know all the things that he had the servants that he had the uh, flocks that he had the different things to do the different customs and things of that sort so I mean you'd have to think that Abraham would have been passing that on just as we do to our kids now uh, you know as we, we they're growing up you try to pass on certain things to them likewise uh, Abraham would have been doing this with uh, with Ishmael as well. But very good comments. Any other thoughts or comments? Well, I was gonna I was gonna point out the aspects of the seeds here, and that's what I was sitting there thinking about. And I, and I was gonna and I looked down at my notes and I was like, hang on, hang on, I was wanting to talk about the seed thing. Uh, <laughs> but but the uh, now as far as the land promise, um, I can't remember all the different aspects here as far as the land promise and and Jim might have to help me out here, but as far as the the, the promise of of the land of Israel continuing even to this day to be uh, promised to them, as in you know, that it is their land and nobody should take it from them, what have you, right? The the conflict, in case you didn't hear what uh, Julie was saying, the conflict in between uh, Isaac and Ishmael. Uh, the likelihood of anything happening to to calm that down uh, as far as the um, war, the fight, or the dislikement, or however you want to put it, uh, against the two uh, is very slim as far as them ever coming to an agreement and, and working things out because of what's going on, uh, especially at this time. But the aspect as far as the seeds that I was wanting to point out, and I'm about out of time, but the, the aspect that I was wanting to point out here as far as the seeds go was the thought of how that here we have uh, the seed of Abraham being called out 
basically referencing to the lineage up to Christ, and Christ being the ultimate seed uh, of Abraham. Looking at Galatians chapter 3 and verse 16, we have uh, Paul once again writing and says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, he does not say, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. Skipping on down to verses 26 in chapter 3 of Galatians, we have, because in between this time period, it talks about, you know, well, what was the Old Testament for and what have you, or what was the, uh, the, the, the law for. But in 26, it says, uh, or starting in verse 26, it says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, uh, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are, you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Uh, wanted to point out the aspect that here you know, we have the seed of Abraham being called through Isaac, which is pointing towards to Christ in whom we all uh, are heirs through Christ and uh, in, in his promise. Oh, and then in verse 13, in the other seed, as far as Ishmael goes, you know, it talks about how that he was going to make his seed um, a, a nation, you know, giving him a, uh, make a nation of the son of the bondwoman uh, because he is of your seed as well. So we have one child you know, the promise is basically being a, a nation, the other child, the ultimate promise being Christ, and who all the nations will be blessed. Yeah. Yes, Jim. All right, there we go. Thank you, Jim. And I, I was trying to remember how that all worked out. But the, the promise had all, the land promise had been given completely to them. Uh, and you go on through and you read how that you, if they were not going to be completely obedient to God and continue to follow him, then that promise would be taken away. And so we have that fulfillment as well. So, I mean, as far as the land promise continuing on, you know, to this day, uh, just wouldn't be 100%. It, I, know the, I know God wants it to happen because he uh, would not have it any other way. I was trying to remember the scripture, but we've got to quit uh, for it's way past time. Thank you very much.